continuing in our series through the Gospel of John. It's what we've been doing the last few months. We're actually taking a break from that this morning because once every, once every couple of months, we like to take some time as a community to pray. Uh, because over the weeks and the months, we have things that stack up that, oh man, we really need to be lifting th- these things up in prayer as a community. That's what we're going to do together this Sunday. But before we jump in and start praying... I just wanted to share a quick thought. Uh, Yesterday was uh, my wife's birthday, actually, Um, and we were, Janice's is today, so if you haven't wished her a happy birthday, do that. I think they're both with kids this morning. Uh, Someone does have a birthday tomorrow, yes, so lots of birthdays. But we were, yesterday was my wife's birthday. We were driving around kind of doing fun things that she had been wanting to do around the city, and uh, one of the things I like to do when I'm driving around is uh, look at bumper stickers. Uh, and I've never actually been, I think people put bumper stickers on their car because they want to like convince you, like they want to change your mind about like, hey, if I put this on my car, then everyone will start agreeing with me and what this bumper sticker says. Uh, I've never actually had my mind changed by a bumper sticker, but I like seeing them because like other forms of art, they can be a projection or an expression of what people believe or where culture is or where culture is headed. Uh, And so we were driving yesterday, and for a long time, we're behind this car. And this is what the bumper sticker on the car said. Uh, It said, thoughts and prayers, and then that was crossed out. uh, And it said, policy and change. And so we're driving across town for like 10 minutes. I have time to think about all of the, because of worldview assumptions uh, that are embedded in a simple bumper sticker like this. And there's a lot of things that we could say. I think I could preach a sermon on this bumper sticker, and I won't. Uh, But I think what they're saying or trying to express is that essentially thoughts and prayers get thrown into the category of wishful thinking. Because the underlying worldview assumption is that either God doesn't exist, and we're alone in the universe, or he does exist, but he's so far off that prayer doesn't really mean anything. Uh, And we can be in danger of that too, right, within the church. Like, oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. And we're like, are you actually praying for me? Or maybe not. Uh, It can turn into this sort of like, oh, yeah, we're like sending good vibes your way. And it can become this sort of like hollow, empty thing. But underneath that, there's these worldview assumptions uh, that prayer doesn't mean anything, that it doesn't change anything, that the better way to change the world is to get the right politicians to put in the right policy to force people to change their behavior. We'll force a change through the law. But as a community of disciples who uh, take the Bible as God's revelation, uh, we reject all of those underlying assumptions that are really easy for our culture to kind of uh, adopt right now. We actually think that prayer is more effective than policy change. Though what happens through God and the Spirit of God is far more meaningful and far more genuine than any change in politicians or laws or policies that we could impose on one another. In fact, we believe that all human effort ultimately falls flat in the absence of the God who can do more than we could ask or imagine. And so as we uh, come together to spend some time in prayer this morning, we recognize that prayer is vital, that prayer is effective, that prayer is important. Uh, And I think that if we're going to grow as disciples of Jesus, one of the things that we need to grow in as part of our discipleship to Him is prayer. 
You think of what he was often teaching his followers and disciples. Hey, when you pray, and the disciples were coming to him and saying, hey, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Like, there's one thing we really need to learn from you. Uh, it, it's actually not about, you know, tithing or social justice or this thing or that thing. The, this, like, vital, like, the oxygen, air that we breathe, foundational for all the other changes that we want to see in the world, prayer is actually the foundation for all of that. So we start there, we start with prayer, and then we move forward with an expectation of seeing change. In fact, even as I was reflecting on this, I was thinking, man, if we don't pray and we start just like slapping policies on things, they're probably not going to be very good policies. They're probably not even going to be inspired by God or His Spirit or even make the changes uh, that we were hoping would happen. And so we see prayer as something that's vital, foundational to discipleship in the kingdom. In fact, uh, if, if you were to picture sort of time at River's Edge almost like uh, time in school, like just imagine, hey, you're going to have four years at River's Edge, and then you're going to kind of uh, graduate out of that and go and like start your own thing and, and do this new thing that God's calling you to. That's all you get. One of the things that I would want every single person to carry with them is, is just a passion for prayer. Like, no, I, everyone's going to pray in their own way, but I, I know how to pray. I know that this matters. I pray as if it matters, as if it makes a difference. This is, this is how we partner with the creator of the universe and seeing his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to take uh, some time instead of a, a typical teaching. We're going to do three rounds of prayer this morning. And I actually want to start at sort of the big picture 30,000-foot view. Uh, Evan mentioned this morning that today is the last day to give to the Regions Beyond Global Offering. And uh, if you're not aware, we are part of a global family called Regions Beyond. And we are committed to seeing the gospel taken to the ends of the earth, to seeing people groups here and abroad reach for the sake of the gospel. And so I want to start by praying big picture hundreds of churches, dozens of countries all over the world, and we want to pray along these lines. Uh, we're praying for generosity across our global family. The, the sort of general giving that we do one time a year goes into a pot that then helps uh, gospel advance and uh, raise up and send out new churches, new leaders, all of that. So we're praying for generosity across our global family, uh, for gospel advance, specifically into unreached people groups, as a global family, we're constantly thinking, hey, where is the gospel yet to, to reach people? Uh, and how do we get there and raise up indigenous people from within that culture, wherever they're at, and support them then in being the front lines and spreading the gospel further? And finally, we're praying that we would see ourselves as a sent people who are willing to follow Jesus anywhere. I think the danger whenever we talk about, I think we can kind of create this bifurcation in our minds of like, oh yeah, we're, we're Americans. So within the global family, like our job is just to give money. And then their job is to kind of go out and do the rest of the things that we see in the book of Acts beyond financial giving. Like they're the ones who are supposed to like go out and do stuff. But really we're one family. We're one uh, people in Christ across all of these nations. And it's, it's important that we see ourselves as no, we, we are marked by Jesus. We belong to him. When he calls us to go somewhere, when he calls us to step out and do something, we do it. 
So we want that to be worked into just the atmosphere uh, and DNA of who we are. So uh, you can go ahead in a moment here. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to break up our chairs and start this first round of prayer. If you are not a follower of Jesus, we are so glad that you are here. Uh, You don't have to pray out loud if you don't want to. And if you are a follower of Jesus and you're like, I don't know anybody here. This is really intimidating. I don't like praying out loud. That's totally okay. You don't have to. You can just listen along with the other people who are praying. But if you do feel comfortable, uh, we want to start lifting these things up in prayer. And certainly if you have people or countries or people groups that come to mind, let's start lifting up those countries and people and people groups uh, and praying for them that the kingdom of God and, and the gospel Uh, would advance in those areas. So I'll pray, then we'll break into groups of like three to five people and spend a few minutes praying over these things. (sighs) Jesus, we come to you this morning, Lord. Um, I think probably all of us with a mix of hesitancy and doubt and maybe some passion and uh, questions and sort of all of the stuff mixed up in our hearts. Lord, I pray that we would, uh, as, a, as a family, come to you with a sense of expectation, that we aren't um, speaking into thin air, but actually we would be startled to see how real you are and how close you are in this moment. And if we knew, if we really knew who we were praying to and how close you are and what you're capable of, we would pray bigger prayers than we're praying right now. So I pray you would open the eyes of our hearts that you would draw us near. This would be a meaningful time as we lift up real things to you that we truly desire and expect you to do in our country and and in the nations and the months and years ahead. So would you come and open our eyes, remind us who we're praying to, uh, and fill us with boldness to ask for big things this morning. In Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to go ahead and transition into our next round of prayer. Uh, If you had things that were still on your heart, you can still pray those out in a second, but I want to introduce this next piece first. We're going to pray for one Regions Beyond pastor in particular, and his name is Pastor and his family, and they uh, are currently leading a church in, I might mispronounce this, but the Bueju region of Zanzibar. I think we have a picture of uh, maybe him and his wife that we could show. Um, This is Pastor and his wife, and you'll see his kids in a moment, but they're leading Regions Beyond Church uh, in the specific region of Zanzibar, and we're going to take some time to pray for them this morning because they were recently attacked by a group of sort of militant Muslims in the area that they're ministering. And uh, he was, you know, attacked uh, and hit on the head with a machete. Uh, They burned, they looted, took all of their stuff out of their home and burned their home to the ground. Uh, They took their Bibles and um, burned most of their Bibles. And so if you start cycling through the photos here, you'll see uh, they have like a few possessions left and they're living now in the church building. Uh, which is not what we consider, uh, it's not even a closed structure. This is the church building that they have constructed. Uh, And so him and his family are uh, living there. 
And there is now the chance that they could get attacked again. They're not sure, but um, they are refusing to leave because they feel this is where God's called them to be, that he's called them to be in this place uh, and minister to these people and share the love of Jesus with them. Uh, and so they are um, deciding to stay put and uh, kind of deal with what they have. I imagine him like teaching on Sunday out of like the half of his Bible that's left that isn't burnt. Um, so we're going to pray for them and we'll throw a few uh, prayer points up there. Uh, these are the things that uh, we that they asked for prayer for. Uh, empowering of the word and the spirit to keep preaching the gospel in the midst of opposition. And then the other thing they wanted was to pray that God's kingdom would advance in the face of opposition. Um, I actually added the middle one, which is remarkable to me. So I, I think it's fitting and appropriate to pray for God's protection and provision over his family uh, as they make the decision to stay and continue preaching the gospel in this dangerous place. He didn't even ask for that uh, in, in the prayer request. He was just praying for boldness and for the kingdom of God to advance in that place. Uh, so we'll take another moment here and pray for that. But before we do, I'm going to invite Bailey up. And she's just going to share a quick thought, something God laid on our heart this morning from Scripture. Hi, everybody. I'm Bailey. Um, so this morning I decided to kind of sit by myself for this one because I didn't really know what to pray for. Um, and so I just kind of asked God to um, lead me to a passage that I could pray over um, kind of everyone around me, my family, um, people I interact with. And it happened to just tie into the bumper sticker. Um, but I turned to Jeremiah 10, um, and it talks about um, God and idols. Um, and so, uh, long story short, um, it's, I asked Matt, I wasn't sure if I was reaching um, or if this was, you know, God just working in ways that he works. But um, it says, do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. For the practices of the people are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest and the craftsman shapes it with his chisel. Um, and I just tied that for some reason to the bumper sticker of policy and change um, as policy and change being kind of an idol that people are using in a unproductive way. Um, and so I am going to continue sitting with this today and um, kind of journal about it, but I just wanted to kind of put that out um, into the church. Awesome, thanks for sharing. And I wanted her to share because not only does that tie into our opening remarks, but I think it ties into what we're about to pray for, uh, that as the gospel advances in any culture, it challenges and undermines and exposes the idols of that culture. And ours are very different than Zanzibar or, say, a militant Muslim culture. They have a whole different set of idols, but those idols will be uh, exposed and challenged. And when you challenge someone's idol, uh, they want to fight. They, they want to kill you to protect the idol that they hold close to their heart. And so as we're praying for him, uh, whether you're, and you know, the, the culture there, the people that they're trying to reach, we're praying that those uh, idols would be exposed and topple in their culture and that they would in ours as well as the kingdom of God advances into those places. So we have just a few minutes uh, to pray for this and then we'll move on to our third and final round.
Let's pray. Okay. We will um, come together for one last prayer point. Uh, so you guys can be wrapping up your prayers there. Um, if you um, guys remember Bo, um, s- someone here that, uh, if we go back to our first p- point, talking about uh, just being open and willing to uh, being sent, uh, even as we live our lives here in Spokane, Washington, that was uh, Bo's experience just over the process of a couple years, uh, just increasingly having a spirit-led burning desire for the Nepalese people. And so um, since about February, Bo's been um, in Nepal. And so we have a about a 12-minute video just kind of updating, uh, Bo updating us on just what's been going on. And then uh, we'll have some prayer points after this to, to pray over Bo. Hello, River's Edge. Brian Olson here coming to you from the south side of the Kathmandu Valley. And I was just spending some time praying for you all uh, and, and wanted to pass along one, one quick thing before I update you on some of my time here in Nepal. And uh, just had this picture of the Lord just pouring out living water all through the streets of Spokane and just filling the city with his glory. And there, there is a verse uh, in Proverbs chapter 3 that came to mind with it that I just wanted to pass along. And it says, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And I don't know how that will tie together for you, but, but in my limited understanding, um, just, just saying, Lord, only you can do such a thing as bring glory to the city. Um, pour out living water that all may know you're here in Spokane. Um, so may our own understanding just be, just be thrown away and may the Lord be relied upon to be who he says he is. Uh, wow, what a faithful, majestic, powerful, loving Lord. Uh, may we count on him as such. Uh, so that's, that's my prayer for you uh, as we start a uh, small update. I wanted to share two quick stories um, and then just thank you for your willingness to, to pray for me and, and for the lives that uh, I'm getting to interact with here. Um, two quick stories of God's faithfulness. The first was my first day in Nepal and I had just traveled 30 plus hours from Spokane to Kathmandu. And the next day after my arrival in the afternoon, early evening, the next day I was scheduled to go on a village outreach at 5 a.m. We were leaving. Uh, Not much rest after the long travel. But one thing had been prayed over me. Many things had been prayed over me before my departure by many of you. And one, one thing that had been prayed over was supernatural, just energy and um, maybe just a, a alertness and, and readiness upon arrival, this supernatural energy of God. And that prayer was answered. I, I actually went on the outreach and I had zero jet lag after traveling halfway around the world. 
and just wanted just wanted to thank the Lord along with you. Uh, he cares about every detail of our lives, and he loves to give good gifts to his children. And that was that was such a sweet gift to me, such a small thing, uh, but such a sweet gift of, oh, Lord, we had asked this, and you provided. Uh, no jet lag at all. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, the, the second story, um, this is about me as well, uh, but the second testimony of just a sliver of God's goodness here was just a few weeks back. And many of you will know that I have a really long history with uh, some head trauma, uh, many concussions, and just a, uh, an interesting go at life for many, many years. Uh, my, my head was always in limbo. Uh, and that, that even continued into my time here in Kathmandu. My head was not doing well, um, not having a lot of capacity to, to think or engage and having just a lot of, of headaches. Uh, until a few weeks back, we were in a, a prayer meeting with a number of people, just lovers of Jesus. And there was, there was a man that came to the prayer meeting that I had met just a couple of times, and he was telling us a story about some of his time up in the mountains and villages just a few days before in Nepal. And he was just giving glory to the Lord. He was saying, hey, during this time, every single person that, that came to their, to their group to be prayed over in the name of Jesus, every single person was healed for what they had come forward uh, carrying, physical, emotional, spiritual, every single person was healed. And he was sharing this testimony with us, just giving glory to the Lord. And while he was sharing, I felt the Lord speaking to me, uh, ask, ask to pray with this man for the healing of your head. And so we started to worship and I went over and I just knelt next to this man and I shared a little bit of my story. And I asked him, would, would you pray with me? that the Lord would heal my head. And we prayed and I felt that in that moment, Lord, you, you did, you, you just healed my head. This which has been uh, just uh, uh, a rocky part and hard part of my life for years and years. I, I think you just healed my head. And I was celebrating and thanking. Um, and I wanna fast forward just a few days after that I, I had a haircut lined up here in Nepal. And my first haircut in Nepal, I found out really quickly that they include a, a massage as a part of the haircut at the end. And that can look like anything. It can look like kind of hitting you in the head or, or popping you in the back. And my first haircut, he, he hit me in the head as a part of the massage. And I ended up having three weeks really bad, just, just headaches and brain capacity just wasn't good. Uh, Lord was good through all that time, but my physical self was not good. So I'm going to this haircut after, after the Lord had moved and healed me a couple days before and I have that in the back of my mind, like, God, did you really make me whole? Did you really heal me? Like, is, is this for real? Um, and I still have a little just subtle unbelief going into this haircut. Um, anyways, I get there. There's a couple people in line in front of me and I'm trying to chat in Nepali with them and getting to know them, having a good time. And finally, after about 40 minutes, it's my turn and I hop in the chair 
and just am chatting with the guy and he goes on through the haircut and I forget that there's a massage coming until it's happening. And this massage was different than the first. The, the man is actually karate chopping my, my head on the top and on the side. He's, he's karate chopping my head for the massage. And, and while he was doing it, it, it felt like there was a literal shield just all around my brain. And I had, I had no ill effects then or after um, when simply one of those hits previously would have set me off for, for weeks. Um, the, the Lord has done just an amazing thing in, in my life personally. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, to bring Jesus glory. He is exactly who he says he is, and he can do exactly what he says he can do. Uh, and I just want to thank him with you in that uh, for being a healer and, and provider and lover and savior. Um, he's exactly who he says he is. Um, a, a couple things just in closing. Uh, what, what I've been up to in the day-to-day uh, first and foremost, looks like loving the Lord uh, in, in whatever way he wants to be loved. And, and that might not sound tangible, but, but that's, that's the number one thing on my priority list every day. Lord, Lord, may I love you today. May I know your love more fully today. And, and may everything be done in love for you. May I love you as much as is possible in this day. Um, so that practically is what I've been doing here. Uh, along with that, I've been going to language school. I mentioned language a little earlier. Uh, so five days a week, I'm taking classes and learning the Nepali language, which has been just a privilege and actually a joy. Uh, learning to write and to read and to speak. Uh, bistari, bistari, slowly, slowly. Uh, but I have a wonderful teacher who the Lord is letting me just love and, and share life with in a really neat way. And uh, it's been a privilege getting to dive into that. That's been um, a huge portion of my time here. Uh, would love to share more. Um, I know Matt and others may be able to pass along contact information for me. Uh, if you'd like to chat further, I would, I would love to catch up and hear how God is moving in you and through you and, and share more about my time here. Um, but just in closing, as, as you pray, again, thank you for taking the time to pray for me and us here. As, as you pray, uh, would just love prayer for a couple of things. The first is um, the verses from Ephesians 3 just came to mind. Uh, where, where he's speaking about the fullness of the love of Christ and knowing the love of Christ more fully. And as we know his love more fully, being complete. And that would, that would be my prayer for myself and the believers here and, and for the people who have not yet met Jesus in Nepal, who haven't heard his name uttered, that, that they, would, they would know more of his love, that they would see his love and experience his love, and by experiencing his love would be transformed. Um, it, it makes me emotional to, um, yeah, even speak about, but, but it's his heart is so loving to us and then through us. Um, and, and just that his love would pour out. Um, 
to, to his Nepali bride, but to the whole world in, in Spokane and, and everywhere in between, uh, that his love would pour out just in, in radical, beautiful, new, um, humble, lovely ways uh, that he would be glorified. Um, so would love for, love for love to be prayed for, more and more of his love to be poured out here. Um, I think I had another one, but, but that's it. At the core, that's it. Just that, that he would be proclaimed boldly, that he would be known, that he would be pursued above all else, that he would be represented uh, in the most beautiful and lovely and true ways um, by me, by the other lovers of Jesus here in Nepal. Um, and just, just praying that the Lord, and trusting, believing that the Lord is, is going to consume this whole country with his glory. Um, so thanks for, wow, <laughs> thanks for joining, uh, just in loving and in your prayers. Uh, so appreciate each of you. Uh, love you. I will continue to pray for you and the body, the beautiful bride in Spokane, and look forward to when our paths get to cross again. Uh, you are loved, beloved. Bye for now.